This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by Curious Plots, a full-service marketing, communications, and consulting agency driven to find what's next for food and agriculture clients. Learn more at curiousplots.agency. Good Thursday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. The Biden administration had a trio of nominees on Capitol Hill today for positions critical to food and agriculture. The confirmation hearing before the Senate Ag Committee comes at a critical time as lawmakers prepare to limit their schedules in Washington ahead of the upcoming midterm elections. AgriPulse's Hannah Pagel followed along with the hearing and has more. President Joe Biden's pick to be USDA's Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs says she'll help drive trade priorities for U.S. producers, especially in the Indo-Pacific area. Alexis Taylor spoke to senators at her nomination hearing today and said there is an opportunity to expand trade in the Indo-Pacific region. I'm interested in engaging on what meaningful market access might look like there, enforceable standards uh, for our agricultural uh, community that then they can rely on, and ensuring then that we are enforcing those standards uh, when those commitments are not being lived up to, and really addressing uh, non-tariff barriers. Taylor says non-tariff barriers can have a huge impact on U.S. producers. Those oftentimes can get thrown up in unjustified ways uh, for our agricultural exporters and making sure that those are science-based, those are clear and predictable. And so I'm very committed and interesting, uh, should I have the privilege to serve and really focusing on some of my time within the administration and colleagues at USTR. Taylor was considered for nomination, along with Jose Emilio Esteban to be USDA's Undersecretary for Food Safety, and Vincent Garfield Logan to be a member of the Farm Credit Administration Board. There's more details from the hearing in our coverage on agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Hannah Pagel. Elsewhere in farm policy, ag groups are cheering a decision that will restore the Trump administration's reforms to the Endangered Species Act. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit has ruled a previous decision to vacate the regulations failed to adequately consider the legal merits of the case. The move was welcomed by the American Farm Bureau Federation, whose president Zippy Duvall pointed out the ruling doesn't bring an end to the ESA modernization debate, but signals to courts to base their rulings on the law. The Department of Agriculture has invested more than $500 million through round three of its ReConnect program. The announcement is the second rollout of funds from the $1.15 billion funding round, and more money is on the way from an already announced fourth round and the 2021 infrastructure bill. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack says when exactly the 32 projects funded in the announcement will be operational depends on a variety of factors. You can read more about the ReConnect announcement and the ESA news in our coverage on agripulse.com. Finally today, producers interested in conservation programs could be big beneficiaries of some recently passed legislation. AgriPulse's Amy Mayer has more. The Inflation Reduction Act invests in major efforts to help meet the Biden administration's climate goals. Details on agriculture-related aspects are thin, but a policy specialist at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln says more of what's in current conservation programs seems likely. Brad Lubin told a UNL Center for Ag Profitability webinar today the IRA will dramatically increase funding for the Environmental Quality Incentives, Conservation Stewardship, and other existing programs funding for these programs and their predecessors, uh, from less than $2 billion to a target today of around $4 billion. IRA adds another $17 to $18 billion of authority over the next four years. 
Adding conservation practices could also align a farmer with existing California and New England carbon markets. Ludden says it may be possible for farmers to participate in those as well as federal incentive programs. There is nothing specifically to say that the credits or practices adopted through incentive programs that generate reductions may still be eligible to earn credits that can be sold in a market. Several ag companies already have rolled out their own carbon programs that pay farmers for conservation practices. Amy Mayer, AgriPulse. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse update is brought to you by Curious Plots, a full-service marketing, communications, and consulting agency driven to find what's next for food and agriculture clients. Learn more at curiousplot.agency. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.